Hello, welcome to episode 62, 61, some number more than 50 of Mm -hmm. the Feminine Critique. I am one of your hostesses, Emily, and with me is the other hostess, Christine. Yay! She remembered her name and everything. Yep, I practiced. Now, I was, because I'm worried about you, because you're doing the 31 days of horror or something, right? Yeah, I'm basically doing what I do anyways. Right. But, <laughs> Just watching a horror movie. But it's more day. socially acceptable in Halloween. Like, that's the thing about Halloween. Yeah. Like, where everybody on Facebook is all, like, posting all the stuff they're watching. And you're just kind of listening back, like... Nobody cares when I just post what I do in a weekend, which is just watch movies, but... Yeah, now it's a thing. Mm. But I got my spreadsheet. Nice! Look at you all organized. Gotta be. Is it color-coded? Um, I highlight them once I've watched them. Okay. Are you highlighting them in orange and black? No, I was doing yellow. No, that's not... That's That's a a fucking misstep. the inside of of the pumpkin. What a missed opportunity. Obviously. Now, on today's episode, because it's October, spooky, scary, what spooky, scary movies are we doing? Well, we're talking about the body snatchers, but I don't know what other spooky, scary movie we're talking about. Oh, perhaps that is a spoiler alert to Christine's review. I need to stop being so transparent. (laughs) Uh, The other movie we will be discussing, so it's 1993's Body Snatchers. And 2015, Maggie. Maggie. Uh, I've known a lot of dogs in my life named Maggie, so I can never just say the name Maggie. It's always Maggie or Maggie. Or like, come here, Maggie. Like, it's... And I like the name Maggie. Like, no offense to anybody named Maggie. I don't talk to you like I talk to a dog. But yeah, I just, I'm so used to saying that name the way I say it to a dog. So uh, it'll, it'll be a confusing review for that for that along those lines. Uh, but before we talk about those movies, yeah. you want to tell us about, let's see, it's October 15th. So I've watched 14 movies. Oh, you're going to watch one tonight? Uh, <laughs> I have to go to Target, too, tonight, so I don't know. Hopefully God, this happens uh, first tonight. You are a machine, girlfriend. Well. All right. So shall, shall I tell you? Go on it, yeah. So we watched all the Halloweens. <gasps> oh, God. You, you thing. Why? I am you? a thing, yes. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> so okay, I have a lot of me. feelings. The first one's great. I had never, I don't have a memory of watching the second one all the way through. Mm-hmm. I only watched ever. it, that's one that's on TV quite a bit. Um, I only watched it for the first time, like, all the way through a couple of years ago. And it, I, it it's the, it, I think, I might be wrong about this, I feel like it set a very important trope in horror, which is nobody uh, works in hospitals ever. What is up with that? Yeah. 
So you know what's actually worse about that is Scream 4. In Scream 4, there's like 10 gunshots and still nobody like comes to the hospital. It's very, it's very odd. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's a thing mm-hmm. um, that happens. Um, I didn't hate it. Okay. But I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, you know what it was? It, it, did, it wasn't memorable in any and way. See, did you watch Halloween and then the very next day watch Halloween 2? Yeah, we, yeah, we did them in order. That's And that's the thing, is Halloween 2, I think people speak very fondly about it because they're thinking about everything that comes after it. And they're like, yeah, yeah Halloween 2 is pretty good. Yeah, you know what? It's pretty good compared to Resurrection. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not. It, it pales in comparison to the original when you when you look at them side to side. Um, <clears throat> it's not bad. I mean, I know people do have a fondness for it. It continues the story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I have. I mean, especially then when you follow that up with three, which is great. No, I you adore three. Okay, good. I do like three quite a bit. A certain person um, who I'm married to, who's actually from the same, the very same hometown that the director of part three is from. Oh, really? Doesn't care for part three. And I'm just like, what? How does it? It's so much fun. And it's it, cool. And it's got a really good soundtrack. It does. Why, why does he not like it? I think he just thinks it's kind of stupid. Which it um, is. It is kind fun. of stupid. It's so it's, fun. It's about, it's about a part of Stonehenge <laughs> that robots. makes people's face turn to bugs. Uh-huh. And robots. And robots. Yeah. yeah everything yeah. about it's pretty much awesome. I like it a lot. Yeah. And I haven't even, like, started singing the song around the oh, house which i usually do we we got to a point where we were just sitting on the couch and every time there was like a lull in dialogue 15 or more days like, till halloween like a transition no it was even like like we were hey, so kids it, i like it a lot and those masks are cool They're like awesome. i'm a, I'm an eternal fan of that movie. And yeah, not that movie I, has, like, one of my favorite screenshots of all time, which yep. is just the... And you know exactly the one I'm talking about, right? Yep. The sunset, the kids trick-or-treating. It's beautiful. It's it's what I think of when I think of Halloween. It's, not the move, the franchise, but just the holiday. That's the first holiday. image that comes to my mind. For sure. It's... Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like it. Ironically, I like it genuinely. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. It's fun. It was one of the high points of this. Which is rough when you're only three films into a, what, ten plus Oh, franchise? and Halloween is still um, an amazing movie. Yeah. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah. It should be one of the best horror movies of all time mm-hmm. on everyone's list and what all I that agree. stuff. I agree. Um, Halloween 4 is the first one with Jamie in it. it I is. start to get confused at this point. Yeah, no, 4 is the first one with Daniel Harris. So she's in it, and it's a thing, and yes. I have a hard time remembering a lot yeah, of this. Yeah, it's, it's not great. And then fifth one is she's in it again, but it's a year later from the last time, and I have a hard time remembering anything about this one. Well, it also uh, opens, like, because the fourth one ends on this really dark note, and then yeah. the fifth one starts. It's like, no, that was just a dream. Just JK. Yeah, so the f- sixth one is Paul Rudd, and <laughs> apparently people like this one. I oh, Nobody likes this one. Oh, but we who likes this one. You should honestly on Twitter, we Zach and I both put up our we ranked our fa- our the movies in order from f- most favorite to least favorite. And people, <laughs> six was towards the end for me. Six yeah. was like at the end. Other people replied, and six was pretty fucking high up. I think they might have been confused in thinking six was H two O. 
They had H2O also on their list. I just, so, there's so, nothing good about Six, other than the fact that it's like, oh, look, it's Paul Rudd. Yeah, four, five, and six, and he's doing a weird voice. <laughs> That's right, because he's, like, <laughs> supposed to be kind of like, Dick, there's something wrong with Tommy Wallace, but it, or not. <laughs> yeah, it, I, that one, I didn't like Six. I remember Six, so I actively dislike Six. Four and five just kind of swirl and, together and, for and me. they buzz together in your head too i think and i liked i thought daniel harris was great she's fantastic like, so and there are other things to like in them i just can't pull them from the depths daniel right harris now. is the best thing about every halloween movie that she's in for sure yeah. easily mm-hmm. and then h2o is still i think i put it as my third okay halloween halloween three h2o, H2O. i understand i i fucking love h2o um it's for me. It's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, again, I've, we talked about it last time. I'm not a fan, but I can understand somebody being a fan. And Jamie Lee Curtis is so good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Resurrection. I've I've watched Resurrection more times than I care to admit. <laughs> it's it is awful. Um, for me, kind of reasons. fun, awful, right? I watch it all the time. It's got to have some. Like I kind of like uh, Resurrection. I don't mind because it's just it's a it's a bad dumb slasher, but it's not. Um, it's not boring, I think. No, it's not. Like, it's not it Buster is, Rhymes. It's not boring. You know what? It kind of does keep a decent pace, too, mm-hmm. now that you mention it. Um, yeah, all of Busta's stuff is just cringeworthy it's and just terrible, ridiculous. but I love him. And it's a little ahead of its time, because it was kind of one of the first movies to do the, like, reality TV, live streaming, web chat thingy. Right? You know? That's what we yeah. were saying. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, and just to go off on a bit of a tangent with it, I don't like... A lot of the stuff with the with you know danger entertainment in the house, mm-hmm. but the, the kid from the kid that was in PLL wa- watching like at the party, all Wait, of them who, watching. Who was he in PLL? He was um somebody's boyfriend. And he ended up getting hung like in the. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The kid in the first who's in Final Destination three. Also, thank you. Sorry, yeah. I went for the, I went for the wrong one. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Normally PLL works, but. <laughs> but he's he like all the scenes with him like at a party and they're all watching it. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Yeah, I'm with I want you. all of that stuff. But yeah, Resurrection, um, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Is that next? Really? I do I feel like there was another one. Oh well, if there is, I'm not going back and watching. It. <laughs> Where do um, you stand on Rob Zombie's Halloween? Worse this time around for okay. me. Um, I saw it in the theater. Oh. And I didn't like it that much then, and mm-hmm. I really didn't like it this time. Um, I'm I'm very mixed on it. I appreciate because to me, as much as like I understand somebody being like, oh, I like why does every Rob Zombie character have to be this angry, shouty, cursy, white trash, racist, everything? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to me, I think the first half of the movie, it's like okay, well, he doesn't, he, he shouldn't be doing this, but he's trying something. And then what I actually don't like is I don't like the Halloween in 45 minutes second half because it just feels like he's doing Halloween in 45 minutes. And it yeah, just, it, the, yeah. The, for me, the, the, the opening isn't strong enough to justify the fact that you have this yeah. rush second story. Yeah, if it had been just a straight out prequel, it still wouldn't have been great, but I think I would have accepted it more somehow. Oh, for sure. And I hated all the girls and the thing... <sighs> With the original is like all of them are awesome. Like yeah. the three of them are just so cool for their own reasons. You, you just and, want to be friends with them in the original, and in this and like one you, you would like 
how you, they're, they're the girls that you know that you don't like and you know they don't like you and probably talk about you. And he, Rob Zombie writes, in my opinion, some of the worst female dialogue I've ever yes. had to listen to. Yes, I would agree with that. No one talks like that. Like, I am a, you too, you're a sweary, loud girl. Mm-hmm. I've been I'm, known to cuss. I'm a loud, obnoxious broad sometimes. That's not how I talk. But I don't just sit back with my girlfriends and be like, fuck you, bitches, fuck. Like, it's not what we do. We really yeah, don't do that. Yeah, it's really obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot for me here to not like. But, of course, especially the first one, it is, like, um, a parade of, like, oh, that guy. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. Oh, did, did you see Daniel Roebuck? Did we miss this guy? Yep. Like, that I'm totally fine with. Um, so, hooray for him doing that. Um, and then, finally, with much burnout, we watched Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I have very complicated feelings on this film. Far Boy, more complicated I, than the first one. Did I hate this? And I think I hated it without any asterisks or without any mm-hmm. discussion. I think I hated it because it was at the end of a really long stretch. Had that- you seen this before? <gasps> Fun story. I was, con- I was convinced that I had. Ah. But the end of Halloween was so long, <laughs> and she was in the house... And Mike was breaking things up with boards for so long. I thought that was the second one, <laughs> but I've never, I had never seen the second one. And plus, I had read a lot about it because this is the one with the, with like the horse imagery and like his mom coming back. Yes, yes, and, it is. And people had talked about that incessantly when it first came out with for good, good reason. reason. Because you're just yeah. like, wow, he really was into this, huh? Um, for sure. Like, I get it. So I kind of felt like I had seen it, but. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. But you hadn't. <laughs> I hadn't. You know who's fucking amazing in it? Daniel Harris and Brad Dourif. I think right? they're both fantastic in this. They're so fucking they're good They're so it. good. And, like... Brad Dourif kills this movie. so good in it. Like, it's it's one of those, um... Oh, like, what's the movie I always go to? Like, Peter O'Toole and Troy. It's like this, you know, kind of, like, really not good movie. And then an hour and 40 minutes into it, Peter O'Toole shambles out and gives this one monologue that you're just drooling over. You're like, oh, my God, this is a great movie. You're like, no, it's not. Like, that's what it is, because they're both so good. And yeah, that's... they're really great. They almost, they don't belong in this movie. No, like, they, like they're so much better. Like, they make their scenes so much better than they are. Yep. Yeah. The see, I saw it in the theater, and what happened was I went. Erica and I went to see Final Destination four, mm-hmm. and then we walked out of the theater and went to see Halloween two. So, so we're like, is, I remember that story. Yeah, but we're I never so remember. Buzz, we're like, oh, Final Destination four, which is not a great one, but it's just so much fun and is having so much fun with itself. So we're all pumped, like, we're like, yeah, okay, all right, Halloween, too, okay. And within, like, a half hour, I was like, oh, because I think we were drinking, and then by then, like, our drinking wore off, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm not drunk anymore, and this is not fun. This is not fun. My thing about that film, because about an hour, 45 minutes into it, because it's a long movie, it's I long. had a revelation that I'm like, oh, my God, this movie might totally undo, like, this might be great if... And this is kind of a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but, I mean, you shouldn't see it, really. Uh, Like, oh, my God. Lori is crazy. It's all in her mind. 
there is no Michael Myers and she's the killer. She's been killing people in this film. And I was so excited for this. I'm like, this could be really neat. Because I think that's something else he does interestingly in it. Like the whole Lori as a sort of survivor, like kind of, there's a whole lot of different routes you go after experiencing something like that. And in this one, it's like, oh, well, she kind of goes darker and she has Charles Manson pictures on her wall, which didn't really make sense to me. But then the flip side of it's like, okay, maybe that's how some people deal. But, um, but it just really was this moment of, oh my God, she's just crazy. That's awesome. But no, like Michael Myers is there. It's not him. And it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense just because what I hate about that movie is there is so much, uh, like, there's no geography to the movie, and this is something that, that does really bother me. Like, yep. where is Michael? He's just kind of walking cross-country and I, killing. I agree with that, and there's a no sense of time either. Yeah, because it's like, starts near the near Halloween, but Michael Myers is states away, and he's just walking through different areas where there are rednecks and he is killing them eventually to get yep. to Lori and to kill her friends, even though he's never seen her friends before. What, and again, what, that's why I was end? like, oh my God, it's Lori. Lori Strode is the killer. That's great. And I still think that might have been the plan originally and that it just, at some point, he decided not to do it or the studio told him not to do it or something. Uh, well, that would have been... Wouldn't it? Cool. It's, yeah. Yeah, so in my mind, like, there is... A, like, I And I still, because I, I like... I think um, Eric from Bloody Good Horror put it well once, which, or no, it was Mark from Bloody Good Horror. Somebody from Bloody Good Horror said it well, which is, we're all rooting for Rob Zombie. Like, Rob Zombie is clear as a guy who was one of us. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. he was a rock star musician, but he was a horror movie fan, and we know this, and you, you can tell just from you know, from years of him giving interviews, but also from when he finally started making movies, look at who, like you said, look at who he casts in his movies. Mm-hmm. He goes and gets Ken Foray to do a cameo. Like, yeah. And he has such affection for horror. And we know he's capable of making a good film. Uh, maybe he just needs a screenwriter. That could be, certainly be part of it. Yeah. But it's, I want him to do so well. I want so much for him. Uh, and then he makes a movie like this and it's, yeah. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a mess, but it's one of those, like, it's kind of an interesting mess because it's such a mess. Yeah. I don't know if I can ever watch it again though. Yeah. I, I watched it one more time after seeing it in the theater uh, just to kind of see if my theory held up. And I'm like, it still kind of does. It totally could have been her. But yeah, that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. I would like to... Would have been more interesting if it I'd, happened. Yeah, I'd like to look at it through mm-hmm. that lens, but I don't know if I can make that slog again. No, I, I won't ask you. At least that. not anytime soon. Not in the next 35 years. <laughs> at least not anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but that, all that being said, I still haven't seen Lords of Salem, and I'm still going to see it. I uh, I liked Lords of Salem. I didn't love it. I I liked it to a point. Uh, I liked it to a point where I think other people started liking it, but to where I didn't like it. Oh, interesting. Um, and uh, this, I don't know what this will say about me. I really don't mind Cherry Moon Zombie. I don't either. Yeah, and I thought she was actually really good in Lords of Salem. Everybody said everybody's complaint about that is her. I think she's absolutely fine in it. Huh, interesting. Yeah, so I'll be very curious to hear what you think of it. I will definitely, I've always wanted to look at it, but I I, I would like to bump it up 
Yeah, because it's, it's I'm curious now. It's a good Halloween one to watch too, because it's a very October movie. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that only leaves two more for me. Okay. Um, I watched Pet Cemetery. Ah, my cat's favorite movie. Which I love that movie. I had seen, and um, Zach had never seen. <gasps> wow. So, oh my gosh, what did he think of it? Having never seen it, Zach, did you like it? Yeah, thumbs up. Um, it see, I think it went over well. Um, there are some things about it that are weird. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read it? You know what's funny? No, and I just got it from a used bookstore maybe two weeks ago, and I'm really excited oh. to eventually read it. Interesting. Tell mm-hmm. me if it's worth looking at, because a shall. lot of a lot of stuff in it confuses me. Like, I don't know. I don't want to go off on a rant here, mm-hmm. and I wonder if the book looks into it any more deeply, but it really just seems like, why... Pascal, that guy? Oh, Pascal? Pascal, I always (laughs) called him Pascal. He's my favorite character. Okay. As a kid, I never understood who he was, because I saw this movie when I was like eight years old in the movie theater. And and I I understand that completely. He seems out of place, but Mm -hmm. in the best way. Like, I want the whole movie to be him. He's so great. I just don't understand why anybody ever showed... Anybody, this burial ground, I don't know. That's always been my issue, too. It's so fucking annoying. Yeah. And, like, the only way any of this movie makes sense, and I have to give credit to Zach for this, is if you pretend, like, both male protagonists were drunk every time they made a decision. (laughs) I like that. Because I don't get it. Like, I get towards the end by the time What's-His-Face, the dad, gets crazed. Right. Like, why he's doing stupid shit. Well, like, I, I get why he does it for his son. Because, uh, you know, it does. if you knew there was a way to bring back your child, you would probably do it. Sure. I can suspend disbelief. But I can't accept it. Uh, spoiler alert about the wife at, by nope. the end. I can't accept it about the cat. He's seen everything at this point. He knows and then the uh, yeah, the, like the cat. I can accept it for the cat, but not for Fred <laughs> Gwynn telling him. You're absolutely right. Yep. And of course, I would do that for my cat. Maybe if I did that, it would bring back my cat's better but behaved. I don't even know why. Why he tells why Herman Munster tells other dude. I don't know anybody's name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just call him Herman Munster. It's funnier that way. Um, I don't know why he even tells him. It makes no sense for him to, to tell him about that. Or to tell, me, tell it doesn't make any sense because he has minimal connection to this family yeah. at this point and he's like i shouldn't be telling you this but i'm gonna tell but, you this but. so don't acknowledge that you shouldn't be doing it because then i want to look at it through through the lens of well this whatever forces are at work whatever forces control this burial ground are compelling them to do these things mm-hmm. but they never give me enough information yeah, right. to have that be the case yeah i'll let you know if it's better justified in the book it's but I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I I love Church. I love that. Oh my God, the little girl. Little girl. She's the best. Yeah. Um. And Pascal and no fair. My favorite line of that movie. I love everything about it except a lot of the the, the way the movie the thrust of the film gets mm-hmm. confusing to me. Um. And then other than these two movies, uh, we were going to watch one. Well, Cabin in the Woods is oh, the last. You didn't one. say that. I was just going to say, other than that one. Um, you love it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, more than I remember sometimes, like, I I said to Zach, I said, oh, I must forget how much I love this movie, because we were watching it, and I kept thinking, like, 
because I've seen it a bunch of times. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to get up and make a cup of tea. But not right now. I like this part. <laughs> and then, like, I'd watch it, and I'd be like, all right, no, 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 after this part. Good. And I'll wait until after the unicorn shows up. That's exactly what happens when, like, you when a movie is on TV that you like and you get stuck. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've seen this a million times. No, no, I'll leave the house after this happens. Oh, no, no, after the next thing happens. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> Believe me, I've been there. I love it. What happens every time Good Burger comes on, man? Or told the other night I was cooking, and Brandon knows that I need something on the TV while I'm cooking, and mm-hmm. uh, he's like, "I think I found something for you." And all of a sudden, I hear Arnold. I'm like, "Oh, it's Total Recall. I'm not cooking. I'm just gonna stand in the doorway and watch the rest." Right? Of the movie. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, some this is a movie that officially has clearly reached that status. Yeah. Of like, I can't walk away when it's on. I hear you. Good choice. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, these two movies, and I don't know what we're watching tonight. Hopefully we get home in time to do something. Okay. Uh, so I have a very small list because, as I mentioned the last time we recorded, um, my baseball team has been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I told Christine before we recorded, full disclosure to the listeners as well, if I suddenly make sounds like, fuck, or like, yeah, uh, it's because while we're recording, it's game five of the Mets-Dodgers series she so hasn't whoever, done it yet yeah whoever wi- well i i didn't audibly but i did like smack the table just before because we're in the first inning and it's already 2-1 this is going to be a, t- a intense game the, the first top of the first uh met scored it was looking good and now already we've given up two runs there's only one out there's two guys on i'm not feeling this right now uh, but so as a result as i was saying um didn't watch many movies. Much. Didn't yeah. watch many movies. It's been and the worst thing too is because they're playing in California and because other games are on, they put these games on at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah, it's gonna be late. Oh, so I'm not even like sleeping as much as I normally do. So I'm all tense. It's very rough. I you do sound a bit frantic. Just right a now. little bit, Christine. Just a little bit. It's been. It's been a rough few weeks. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's a part I'm of so the sorry, world baby. that would be better off if the Mets did not win tonight, because then I would get to sleep better. Well, you know what? I hope that they lose. Well, I, no. So what if you say that and they do, and now I'm not going to like you as a result? Never so. going to talk to me again. Oh, anyway. Uh, so a few movies. Not many, but a few. Uh, one of which was, it was october and I'm like, I want to watch a horror movie with my husband. I want to watch a good horror movie that he's <gasps> never seen. <gasps> oh, look what's on Instant Watch. <gasps> I know this is good, because Christine and I watched it and reviewed it and both liked it. What? Oculus. Yeah. Yeah, so we, I mean, for me, it was a rewatch. Yeah, and I've seen it twice now, too. It, it holds up, right? It really does, yeah. I want you to watch that short movie so bad. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's on Instant Watch, everybody. So Woo. if you haven't seen it, Pop you it should up. watch it. Uh, Christine and I did an episode, probably, I guess it was probably last year that we did it. Yeah, um, so. And it it really does hold up because it's just really good. It makes so many good decisions. And it really, at now having seen Absentia and then seen this again, uh, man, am I on the Mike Flanagan train. Right. I am He's so excited for him to just it. keep going. Because both movies show so much um, good instincts as a director in different things. Like, the way he writes siblings. So good. Um, Just the the way he's able, he's smart about establishing 
setting and rules and all this stuff. He just, he knows what he's doing when it comes to horror and it's really exciting. And he does in the short film too. Oh yeah. He's the same thing. Like is, is like rough as you could tell that was. And for nothing you could tell that yep. was like, it's there. You can yeah. fucking tell. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so apparently now I have to see Ouija, right? Cause he's directing Ouija too. <laughs> I guess so. You That's don't crazy. ever need to watch. I know, Ouija. but I like. I want. He's got that other movie coming out. Um, oh, he has like another movie that's really exciting. It's an adaptation of something that I was really excited about that I read, wasn't well, it? Well, Gerald's Game, right? Yeah. Oh no, I hadn't read Gerald's Game, but I'm excited it's for that... him to make the movie of it. But but he's got that movie. The release date got pushed back. I think. Okay. Um, the little kid in the dreaming. The little kid in the dreaming. Before I wake, maybe. Um, that, that's... Yeah, it's called Before I Wake. Its release date got pushed. Okay. Also, he's not doing Gerald's game, or maybe he is. He wasn't. Well, he was rumored to be. Maybe is it not on IMDb? It's no, not IMDb. there it is. Hmm. It's under writer. I was looking at something. Okay, else. so it may just be early development or something. And apparently, he's he's slated to do the I Know What You Did Last Summer remake. Why are they Reboot. remake? Why? Who cares? Why? Why do you? Why are you going to remake that when there's so many other things you could do? In a weird way, I care. <laughs> you would. Um, I would. Okay, yeah, Gerald's game. Yeah. So anyway, Oculus still great. Um, totally recommend if you haven't seen it, folks. The next movie on Instant Watch that I watched, I watched because you watched it and told everybody I'd to watch say it. Say watched one more time. I did. So I watched Maniac, Maniac, Elijah Wood, and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was excellent. surprising, right? Yeah, no, just really a different approach to the material uh i like the style of it um it managed to to handle his kind of the way he sees the world effectively and believably yep uh wasn't obnoxious at all no and it really could have been this could have been pretentious and it wasn't um he was both so good and just so well cast and well used. Yep. Because he's he has that face where he's not your conventional leading man, but he has this innocence to his face where you could totally see why, you know, he goes goes on a date with a girl and why the girl would just tell him everything and would just kind of be like, oh, you're cute and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah, just so good. Um, really, really good. I think it's off instant as of today. Yeah, but, uh, look so. out for it, folks. If you haven't seen it, definitely give it a go. I'm uh, glad you liked it. I did. And thank you for recommending and making the push. So I watched, uh, okay. So people who, who know me, um, including our dear listener, James, who watches a movie that's terrible and is like, Emily, well, I think I, I need to tell Emily about this. And so this was on Instant Watch. It was called The Secret Village. Oh, boy. I don't even know how to describe this movie other than it's it's kind of... It sounds terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. It's And the funny thing was, this one kept coming up as like a recommend for me. And I just didn't, <laughs> like, I kind of didn't even look at it. And then when James is like, this is really, really bad, I'm like, added, watched. It knows you. It's... Like, I think it's the kind of movie you would enjoy because it's so earnest. Uh-huh. And, like, the, the director was clearly was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do, like, flashbacks in the middle of a scene. And 
I'm going to um I'm going to edit a weird sound cue and then I'm going to edit another weird This is the most edited movie of all time. Oh boy. It's this like very small story of this journalist, quote unquote, who just got out of a journalism school and she refers to it as journalism school. Uh air yep. quotes all around. Yep. So she goes to this town like near Salem that uh was like known for having its own witch trials and all this stuff and she's investigating um yep. but it's just so like and so she's renting a house and there's this guy who's living in the house with her and he's also like her age and attractive so i guess there's supposed to be like romantic chemistry but the guy just is like there he's just like oh what are you doing i'm i'm researching this article i really need to get it done oh okay okay at dinner hot. do you want to get dinner Okay, now, I'll get dinner. Sizzling. And then they go to dinner. <laughs> sizzle noise. And then, and then they edit in these people in black robes walking by going, whoa, it's amazing. Uh, and it has a twist ending that's kind of hilarious and adorable. This is called The Secret Village? The Secret Village. So we'll probably end up watching this. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not that mean. Yes, you are. I mean, if you piss me off, we're watching The Secret Village. Oh, no. I might watch it because, you know... We like garbage sometimes. This, uh, you should give it a try. Give it like 20 minutes. Okay. It doesn't get any better, I'll tell you that, but it does cool. kind of get worse. <laughs> well, good, as long as I know that. Yeah, it's. I think there's something you might enjoy in it, so try it. Okay. Along those lines, I had a great week. Uh, another movie that kept popping up on the You Might Like was uh-huh. a movie I liked the title, I liked the poster art Netflix showed was the mystery of spoon river and that is a title of something that is a title now um i'm like okay spoon river oh that's the spoon river anthology which is like a collection of poems written in 1919 that if you ever took an acting class you know this book because like every acting instructor is like here take this book of poems and pick a character and be the poem and so on um so this and this movie is clearly written by somebody that was like, I really like Spoon River. I want to make like an homage to it in Oof. a sort of thriller type tale. It's also really like it's not homemade, but it's clearly made on a nothing budget. But by somebody who like had enough skill, like I'm guessing, and I didn't look it up. Like this, the director probably did a lot of like corporate training videos or something, where like he knows mm-hmm. how to handle a camera. Uh, he just doesn't know how to handle a script. Wow, oh, that's frustrating yeah and it's not it's kind of presented on netflix like a like a horror movie it's really not uh it's kind of like a mystery it's a mystery i guess but okay again like it's just it tries hard and it really does feel like the director probably uh was just really excited to make a movie um and this is the movie he made and it's not that good, but, you know, it's sweet in its own way. Cool. Uh, and then, now, I had vowed to myself, following um, the Anna Nicole Smith Lifetime movie, following the Saved by the Bell, the unauthorized story, I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm done with these. Lifetime keeps trying to, like, reel in all of our, you know, 90s nostalgia but they make these movies that are just lazy and they're not fun and they're not smart and they like they just they're shitty. And then the unauthorized Beverly Hills 90210 story keeps getting advertised. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And then I happen to see one headline on the A V club saying 
Lifetime finally gets it right by having fun with the unauthorized Beverly Hills 90210 story. So I'm like, oh, so now I'm like let me record it. it. Like, let, fine. I'll give it a chance. This was delightful. Uh, really? Yes. For, Are you serious? I'm, I'm pretty serious. Like, part of it is, if you're a not, you have to be a 90210 fan, which I was a huge, was, I, I mean, know. am, a huge 90210 fan. I think I bought you 90210 trading cards. You did. I know. You, you know me, girl. <laughs> I did know that about you. It's, uh, so that helps if you're a fan. This move, like mm-hmm. this, it's like the other, like it knows it's ridiculous. So it's having a lot of fun with itself, but it's not complete parody. Like the way Saved by the Bell just feels like nobody cared. Whereas this one, the the kids they cast as everybody are so good and so on point the girl who's playing um, Shannon Doherty is perfect. She sounds exactly like her. The girl playing Jenny Garth, like, it's creepy how much she is like Jenny Garth. The kid playing Brandon's really, yeah. like, he gets it. Like, it's like they get, like, the mannerisms really well of what you knew of the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's his name? Homer Simpson? Uh, Dan yep. Cast- Castellana. Castellana. He plays Aaron Spelling, and he's just giving the most ridiculous performance ever. It's just like the director that's clearly pretty, was that's like, kind of worth it. "Yeah, can you make it bigger?" He's like, "Don't worry, I got it." And he's just ridiculous, and it's amazing. Uh, and they focus really on the early years, so it's really only the time you care about. Um, mm-hmm. And I was. Like, like, there's a great line where when they tell them how they're going to do, like, Barbie dolls of the cast, and they're like, wow, are you doing dolls of all of us? And they're like, well, uh, no, for not not yet. And then um, the girl playing Gabrielle Carteris is like, I guess little girls don't want an Andrea doll. <laughs> like, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. If you liked 90210... It's fun trash. And again, this comes from somebody who was willing to write off every one of these Lifetime movies. And I love Lifetime movies, but I love real Lifetime movies where they care. Um, And I was ready to just be done with all of these ones. But this one finds the right tone and nails it. Well, that's good. Now, the last thing I watched is a little bit different from uh, The Unauthorized and O2 and O story. This was okay. a. This is Fabrice or Fabrice Duvice's Alleluia. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This so Fabrice Duvice. I know. I I don't know how to say his name. It's spelled weird. It's Belgian. I don't pronounce it. The guy okay. who directed Calvert and Vinian. Okay. Uh, both of which I love Vinian. I think Vinian's amazing. And I liked Calvair. I thought Calvair was was very well well done. So this is uh, his next film. And it's sort it's very related to Calvair in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a sort of love story in a way between two people who are both very unhinged and uh, are not unwilling to kill other people who get in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, very odd film. I remember hearing about it from, I think, Gentleman's Guide. I think when Will did uh, the TIFF shows, I believe he saw this there. It's it's very strange. Uh, it was a little repetitive for me, mm-hmm. where it kind of it's very big and dramatic, but it's kind of the same thing keeps happening. And it kind of, so I, I was more bored than I should have been, considering what I was watching. Yeah. But it's still very interesting and pretty cool and kind of has stayed with me eventually i'll rewatch it and it might feel 
stronger about it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you've liked his other stuff and Vinian, one of these days I want to cover because I really, really like it. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting watch. So, all right, yeah, that's that. Sounds like you had a good. I did. I did. Even if it's not a lot. Yeah, and I watched the Mets win twice, and currently they're that's losing good. to one. But anyway, it's fine. Only in the third inning, we'll be good. <sighs> I'm okay. It's okay. It's Deep fine. breaths. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a break. Come back. Yes. You want to go chronological or? Uh... Let's let's go chronological. All right. So we're going to come back and talk about 1993 Body Snatchers. Woo! We're all tending the car. We're going really far. always wanted to very familiar with that box art the box art yeah it's, it's pretty effective box art mm-hmm. uh it came out in 93 so this is it's an odd time for i feel like you had a fair amount of sci-fi in the theaters in the early 90s mm-hmm. and this is kind of that weird um spot between sci-fi sci-fi horror yep right because I, I you can't call it an out and out either one of those no this i don't is think sci-fi so. horror yeah. Uh, directed by... Shocking. Yeah. Abel Ferrar. Ferrara? Ferrara. Ferrara. Anyway. Oh, no. You're like one of those dogs that sing <laughs> Christmas carols. So it's 1993. Had he, no idea. So you look at where he was at at this point. He had done... He's kind of like just on the... Like doing his big stuff. So he's got King mm-hmm. of New York, Bad Lieutenant... Body Snatchers, then Dangerous Game, The Addiction, and then it kind of gets a little less high profile. Yeah. I don't know what the budget of this one was, but I feel like this was probably his biggest film at that time. Mm-hmm. Just because it's clearly, as much as it um, does certain things, it's meant to be, I think, a... It was probably presented as a, ooh, scary movie, Friday night horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you even have a young, pretty lead, whereas the other two Snatcher films were more adult. Yep. Uh, this, you know, is still, I'm sure, technically based on the novel, uh, but takes a, a decided twist on it because you're yes. not, it's not about um, these adults in this community discovering this. It's about a teenage girl in the military base dealing with it. Yep. So why don't you uh, quickly tell the people exactly what it's about? What happens? Um, boy, it's like a body snatcher movie. (laughs) I know. Hold on. Let me get this. Let me get it together. Okay. okay. Like, okay. So this family, 
a mom, a stepmom, a little boy, and a dad, and this lady who's also on burn notice. Quick, quick interruption. I, I just because I have to get it off my chest. So yes. it's Gabrielle Anwar. Um, who? Wait a second, everyone. Emily has something. To this say. is really important because it's very important that you have Gabrielle Anwar and Christina Lee in this movie. Yeah. Okay, Christina Lee is a lot of people know from Child's Play Two. Mm-hmm. Or you know her as Emily Valentine, Brandon Walsh's girlfriend in season two and three of 90210. Yep. Just like you might know Gabrielle Anwar from season one or two of 90210 when she plays an ice skater who Brandon falls in love with. And the reason this is important is Emily Valentine was like Brandon's like big girlfriend in the early years of 90210. And on an episode in season four where – or season three when Brandon's talking about like all the girls he's been with and like who's been the most important, he's like, I think you'd be surprised. And it turns out it was Gabrielle Anmar. So the body – he had a thing for body snatcher girls. Anyway. Clearly. Anyway. You were saying. Well, that's really all you need to know. I just thought it was very important nice that I mentioned that. Um, so they, they go and spend the summer at this military base because her dad's with the EPA and you can tell I actually watched and absorbed this because I know details about it. I know. So then pretty quickly body snatching shit starts happening. Mm -hmm. That's basically, I mean, it's like zero to body snatch. Yeah. I mean, this is a a brief movie. This movie is under 90 minutes. Yep. And... uh, the second film, the 1978 one, is very long, is just under two hours, and feels very long and very weighty and heavy. This one actually moves pretty quickly, all in all. They get to the town. Uh, really, like, it seems like she's there for, like, two days before body snatching starts happening. Boy, it, she, they, they drive into the gas station, and dude's talking about body snatching. Yeah. Like, we're, like, one foot in... And they're like body snatching. Like there's really no lead up to it, which I kind of liked because we I all know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's fucking all body snatchers. It's like the yep. third time they've done it. But I, not even the book. Like so now, like the fourth, fifth, seventh mm-hmm. time we're telling the story. Like great, snatch some bodies. Yeah. And the first snatch body is really cool. What is the first snatch? Uh, body? The first time we see it, it is the mom. It's Meg Tilly. Who is, who is the lesser Tilly? Let's face it. Jennifer Tilly is everybody's best. I wish Jennifer Tilly was my best friend. Uh, so upsetting. But it's really, because it's gross. I really like the look of just the design of the snatching. Because mm-hmm. you get this sort of like, uh, it's like a putty body that they deflate. You know, it's yeah. like they suck the air out of it. So just whenever a face squishes, I'm really freaked out. It's like, really effective. Yeah, and it's, it was big in the early 90s, I think. Like, just the face squishing and collapsing. And, like, later they show it, Ugh. like, there's still stuff left. And there's that great scene where, like, they show everybody in the hospital and they get, like, a little dustpan. And they have to, like, yes. scrape it into the dustpan and put it in a, gar- in a bag. And it's just really, really gross. How fantastic was that, though? Yeah. it's a And something like the whole movie, it's a really, in a lot of ways, a very sparse film. Mm-hmm. Like part of it is they're on a military base, uh, so it's you have very few. You have a scope where you have like a lot of people, but you have only a handful of characters. Right? You have the family. You have Arlie Ermy because it's a movie about the military, so therefore you you're legally there. required to call Arlie Ermy. Uh, you have her friend, and like that's just about it. And uh, wait about that. What about the hot dude? You have the hot dude. So it's Billy Worth. Uh, spells his name. 
Uh, my mom would say he spells his name wrong. Uh, I'd, I'd say that too, but he's so hot. He's, so he's I don't pretty care. Me. He, he, and he's just like your, your typical nice soldier who's just happens to be there and available, which is really convenient, but that's okay. Whatever. So yeah, she meets him, like they're on a date. It, it's cool. And then the very next day, body snatching starts happening. Snatching. Snatching bodies all around. Snatching Meg Tilly's body. Uh, and there's this whole, so I was going to say it off the bat. I saw this movie. I'm trying to remember if I was in high school or if it was post-college when I saw it. I feel like I must have done a run of watching all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it was probably high school or so. And I didn't, I remember thinking it was okay. Um, and also misremembering something about the ending that we'll get to. Oh, cool. Okay. I was really surprised and so pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it this time around. The movie as a whole? Yeah. Are we talking about that right now? Um, should we not? Did I spoil I, me enjoying the movie? I love this movie. It Yay! changed my life. It changed your life? Tell me it's about that It's the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, I Did it make it. you want to snatch bodies? I always want to snatch bodies. Well, obviously. I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. I liked it the most out of every movie. What's funny, when it started, I was not feeling great. Because it starts with narration. And I'm like, I don't even... like <gasps> Narration was a little crappy. Yeah, and I'm like, man... And it's the kind of narration where, to me, whenever a character is narrating a film... You're telling me from the very beginning how this movie ends. Yeah. Because if she's saying, I, I remember when we moved here, blah, blah, then I know that, oh, so you lived to tell me about it. Which yeah. is kind of a weird, and we'll get to the ending, because it's in its way, it's kind of not necessarily definitive of anything. Um, so it starts off like that, and I'm kind of, like, immediately, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't know. But very quickly, I realize how how many good decisions this movie makes. Yes. And the entire family dynamic is established. And, and you know what's really funny is both movies today have a stepmother. Yep. And, like, that being kind of an important part of the movie. But they establish it very quickly of, you know, Gabrielle Anwar, character's name is Marty. She's, like, 17, uh, has a younger half-brother. Um, her mom, you know, her stepmom and her clearly don't get, don't get along great, but they're fine. But it's a happy enough family, and it's that perfect dynamic to get interrupted. And because there's already this sort of tension of stepmother, and so when the little boy says, you know, she's not my mommy, you're like, oh, you're you're immediately thinking like, oh, well, because Marty's probably said that before. Mm -hmm. And so it's really a tiny, smart thing to have done with the film. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who wrote this, because I don't know if it was Ferrara or not, because I really do feel like this is a way better script. It has a lot of credits. It does, yeah. So it's one of those... One um, of them is Stuart Gordon. No kidding. I'm checking to make sure it's the right one. It is. I wonder what that... Huh. Let me see. So, yes, they have Larry Cohen, too. Oh, I didn't even fucking see that. That's What's crazy. wrong with my eyeballs? Raymond's, what was probably, because it's screen story for yeah. Raymond, Sisteri, and Larry Cohen. So that was probably like they had a draft that was then uh, taken and so on and so on. But yeah, that's crazy. You have five screenwriters to this movie, mm-hmm. two of whom are very well-known cult movie people. And it doesn't feel like a movie that was... Um, 
aside from, to me, the opening and closing narration, which feels like it may have been a little tacked on, this does not feel like a five-person screenplay. This does not feel like a constantly running through drafts. No, no. It's very cohesive. The tone is very uh, um, consistent. Uh, It's... Yeah, that's real. That's crazy. I would never expect this to have had so many screenwriter credits yeah. to it. Um, so we we get you know body snatching starts. The first real dose of it, is, I think, is a great, great uh, reveal, which is little Andy goes to daycare. Mm-hmm. And oh, so upsetting! All the kids are finger painting, and the teacher says, "Okay, kids, hold up your paintings." And they all hold up, and it's like Jackson Pollock finger painting. It's taking your hand and it's rubbing it over the paper. And there's like five kids, and they all hold up their paintings, and they're all exactly the same, except for Andy's. And it's such a great. It, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful visual representation of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if it's even like a little bit of an homage because in the book, and I think both films do it, when they first find a, a body snatched snatcher, uh, mm-hmm. the first thing they do is try to save it as fingerprints and it doesn't. So I almost wonder if like that was a kind of, you know, wink to that. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So it's it's this great gag. The kid runs home and the, from then on he's like, I don't want to go to daycare. And then he, you know, Meg Mom Tilly turns into uh, a snatcher. He's like, I don't want to stay home with mom. And the kid's really cute. He's very cute. He's cute. He's understated. Um, you're really concerned for him. Uh, it's it, it feels like a real family, which I think is important. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the club that the uh, on the military base is called Top Gun. Yep. Did you catch that? I did. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Uh, and then uh, stuff gets down and Arlie Ermey is involved. Yeah, it, it escalates quickly. Pretty um, quickly. It escalates quickly. There's some horrifying stuff that happens mm-hmm. as it escalates. Mm-hmm. So Meg Tilly is snatched. Yep. And so she's snatched and, and the rest of the family isn't. And then um, Gabrielle Anwar, whose name I don't remember Marty. in this movie, falls asleep in the bathtub, which you shouldn't do. You should never, no, you should really just never do that. Ever. So she starts to get snatched mm-hmm. and her dad starts to get snatched. And it is maybe the most horrifying thing I have ever fucking seen yeah. in it's my life. Icky. It's all these like tentacle thingies crawling into your nose and over your whole yeah. body. So you get attacked by spaghetti. You do get attacked by spaghetti. It's, and it's yeah. awful. It's awful. And I don't like it, and it's off-putting. But what happens, and they do this a couple times, is when you clear the spaghetti off your mm-hmm. face, the version of you that was growing freaks out and melts. Yeah. Or, like, dies. Or drowns in the bathtub. Like or caves in on itself. Yeah. It is so fucking disturbing. I don't, there's just the visuals in this. When Gabrielle Anwar's in the bathtub and like her double is fucking growing on the ceiling above her. Yeah. It falls in the bathtub on top of her. It's the most upsetting thing I've ever seen in my life. I flipped out because that quickly turns into the scene of it happening to the father. Mm-hmm. And similarly freaking out about it. So now everybody knows something's going yep. on. And this is one thing I loved about this movie. There was never a moment of, 
is this really what's happening? No. No. We're getting snatched. Yeah. It's immediately, we got to get out of this house. We have to get out of here. Yes. Like, the, snatched, where they snatched, play with snatched. it, and they and they play with it perfectly because it starts, the first person to notice it's the little boy. And of course, nobody believes a little boy. He's just saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back to daycare. I don't want to stay home with mommy. It's not my mommy. And it's the perfect, like, of course, if you're going to, you know, threaten to take over the world, you start with, you know, you don't have to worry if nobody believes a kid, right? Yeah. And the same thing goes for a teenager. If, you know, if it starts, and they start with it a tiny bit where, um, Christina Lisa's character knows something's up because her mom's usually drinking vodka. And now she's not. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like the teenagers are starting to notice something's off, but not enough so. And it's as soon as it becomes apparent, it's like, yeah, no, we got to get the fuck out of here. And there's yeah. no trying to convince anybody because there's because as Meg Tilly says, there's nobody convinced. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Because there's that- no one like you left immediately after that it's that scene it's that yep with her fucking pointing and screaming talking all creepy Mm -hmm. and it's awful it is awful i love this movie so much yeah the uh, (laughs) the, and this is i've I've loved that the scream was something i loved about the 78 one yeah and they pretty much keep it the same thing where they just you point open your mouth and it's this sound that is chilling because it's like a siren yeah it's not human but it's a scream but it's really done in a way that's just so awful to see. and like the whole idea like and and they hit on it well too which uh, Gabrielle Moore keeps saying they've taken the people i love and they've taken them away from me and the idea of like not just that but they've replaced them with this thing that will stand there and point at you and scream and warn all the other body snatchers to sprint at you and snatch you and yeah, that moment when she does that, and then they're all chasing, and there's something that just it being set on a military base too, yeah, really Zach, works. Zach said the same thing. Yeah, um, we watched the show Manhattan, which is very good. If, if anybody is it really good? I really liked it. It took of the first season, it took maybe like two episodes for me to kind of get into it, but then once I did, it has proven to be a really strong show. Well, that's good to know. And one of the things about it is this, the setting. And it's not just that they're in the desert. It's that, you know, all these tiny little houses that look the same, but aren't really houses. They're, you know, government built and they're not, you can't make it a home and every Mm -hmm. driveway is the same. And so that, which is perfect because that's the whole point of what body snatchers are. And so when they're just chasing around in that military base, it's again, it's it's just plain houses and then your kind of military equipment. And there's no personality to it in a really deliberate way that um, just it, there's like no distractions in the movie, I guess. Yeah. No, it's it, it starts with this. You're already so cut off from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like there's this is the only story that's being told because no other story can be told. Right. Like it's such an insulated. Mm hmm situation already yeah and it it makes like it's and that's the big question i have is whose idea was it of the five screenwriters um who said let's set it on a military base because it's 93 now so it's post um iraq war right or desert storm and so in terms of like american military politics where you're at it's still fairly fresh from a war, but it's one. It was a war that Americans were very were least involved in of any war we've probably had in a very long time. Mm-hmm. 
and so you have the idea of the military too being there is no individual in the military. You're all mm-hmm. the whole point is that everybody is dressing the same and following orders and you're you're not other than the one person making decisions, you don't think for yourself. Yep. So it makes perfect sense that you would set it here that the military would be the first to kind of turn and nobody would ever notice because that's what you would expect from a military. Yep. Uh And then that um, you get, once you get to kind of the flip side of that, of in order to beat them, you have to basically declare war on them, Mm -hmm. right? So you get to, towards the end, where now we have uh, Gabriel Anwar and Hot Billy Worth are dropping bombs on the body snatchers and essentially, yeah, literally (laughs) flying around dropping bombs on them. And talking about how hardened they are and how much they hate them. And it's this really interesting, like, have they crossed over into something that is not human? Or is that what it means to be human? But how does it mean to be human if that's what war is and all that stuff? I don't know. It's a really um, deceptively deep and thoughtful film for it being an 88-minute, you know, body snatcher movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I guess I get people not liking it, but not well, this gal. You know, I have to say because I, I didn't like it when I was maybe like nineteen watching it, and I think it was yeah, just yeah, sure. I don't know. I thought the seventy eight one was really cool and everything, but I, I I would be surprised if somebody of a mature age and cinematic scope sat down to watch this today. Um, I, I would want to have a very long discussion with you if you did not think this was good or smart or, you know, or ask questions, I guess, Mm -hmm. because it's not as much as there are some really effective scares. It's not like this movie is just trying to take you on a chase scene after chase scene. Yeah. You know, like they're not, they're only running in brief spurts before they're hiding and then dealing with the actual snatchers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, um, it's, it's in, in the way the 78 film, which the last 20 minutes of is, is kind of a chase scene with Donald Sutherland. You could almost say like, that's, you know, that's gets more actiony than this one does to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not particularly literally actiony. I think I might've even made um, that comment. Like, we were at a certain point and I was like, well, geez, what is, what is this movie going to, going to do? I feel like if it doesn't take me like outside of the base or running forever that it's, I I don't know. It was, it it was interesting. Most of them don't seem to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of all the films, like it really could have because it is a military. Yeah. And I definitely misremembered it as turning into kind of that at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it was just, I remember them being in a helicopter and I just kind of, I think in my mind was like, oh yeah, then I just go around bombing stuff. But it, it takes a lot yeah. to get there, including like a really, really horrific and kind of heart ripping moment very near the end that you would not always have in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And you know exactly the moment I'm talking about. I think I do. It's, I mean, if something happens to a character that 
you really don't want to happen to this character, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. I think uh, I do. And many movies would not do this to a character like that. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And it <laughs> would have been very Thank easy to me. not do that, but it makes it, – it, it's a really – uh, important definitive thing to happen because it takes a character to a, a very dark place. Um, and it's done in a really kind of like it, when it happens, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate that this movie goes there. It's important. Uh, and the ending far more ambiguous than I remember it being. Yes. I liked that a lot. Yeah. You really, and this, I don't think this is spoiling anything. The end of this movie, you can interpret it one of two ways. And I think that's really cool. And the more I think about it, the more I actually lean towards the darker interpretation. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Um, and I completely didn't remember that. I just remember like, yeah, bombing, yay America. But no, this movie has nothing to do with yay America. In a way, far less so than the other, well, at least the first film. Um or rather the book. The book, to me, is very rah-rah America. We overcome is things. Is it? But, you know, it is, but it's I've not. Read it. It's worth a read. It's actually a very good read. Um, I felt like there was a lot of pro-America stuff in there, but, um, you know, I, I could have been reading a lot into it. Yeah. But with this one, it is, it, it is not anti-America. It is not anti-war. It is not pro-war. It is not – it kind of, I think, in a way, just sort of – puts things out there and makes you look at them in different ways. Yeah. It's very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's sparse. It's, it's a lot of very positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. I thought I would like it just because of like the time period sure. kind of, but it's really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, the setting was really interesting and ratcheted up tension and paranoia. Um, we didn't even talk about Forrest Whitaker. We did not. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker shows up. Boy, oh boy, is that part upsetting too. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I had totally forgotten that he was in it. And he, I mean, he has two scenes. and he, But two really good yeah. scenes. <laughs> yeah. And it's that kind of thing, like, where if you can get Forrest Whitaker to show up for two days of filming, why not? And it, it's not distracting at all. It's it's really done well. Yeah. And, I mean, Arlie Ermey also isn't extreme Arlie Ermey. It's yeah, just, no. you know, oh, we need somebody to kind of be military-esque. It's, and I really do, like, wonder if it's that whole, what was it, Um, what's the movie where, is it Taxi Driver? Where when, like, they were trying to cast Sybil Shepard's part, they were like, we kind of need, like, a Sybil Shepard type. And, and they were like, us. why don't we just call Sybil Shepard? Like, oh, yeah. Like, I wonder if that's what happens every time Arlie Ermey is doing something. Why don't we just get him? Like, yeah. should we just put in the call? Maybe he'll say yes. Oh, he said, yeah. Okay, great. Let's let's bring him in here. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, he was very subdued when he was snatched. Yeah. He's understated. It was uh, good. And it works. And this, these snatchery, snatchies, if you will... It's it's a tricky kind of thing to decide because you can very you can what am I trying to say it can be played kind of silly where they're very robotic. There's a very distinct line between uh, 
uh, like when or where where is the emotion, where is not the emotion? Yeah, because they can have they have emotion, they can fake emotion. It's just like there's just it's that something missing kind of thing, and I think it comes out right here where nobody is over the top snatched and nobody is um, like the flip side of that where like they seem too emotional type of thing. I guess. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's good. Um, they've, they struck a good balance mm-hmm. with that stuff. Yeah. The one thing I really hate is I hate the very, uh, and the, again, not spoiling anything, but when they do the deep demon voice over the end credits, the very end, they're yeah. like, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Because there's no one. But they do it in the deep demon voice. Oh, I liked it. Oh, I hate deep I demon voice. I thought it was it was off-putting. Yeah. I um, I think it's creepier when it's just blank Meg, Meg Tilly. I think that everything about this movie is absolutely fantastic and wonderful and upsetting. I did find the all of a sudden we're bombing things. Yeah. That was a little abrupt. I was fine with the fact that they were. I thought it was a good answer to what was happening. Yeah. But But it did find it abrupt. And I think when I was younger and watched this, that really felt to me like, oh, somebody, that felt like a post-script thing where they were like, you know, we need to be a little more um, uh, positive at the end where, you know, we're showing we're fighting back. And... I think that's what it seems like at first until you kind of think about what it says about Marty, that this is what she is now. And then yeah. when you get to that very ending when you're, when you kind of don't quite know where things go from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it bothered me far less this time around. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it definitely didn't take me out mm-hmm. or make me like hate it. It didn't, because then just as quick, it's like, it kind of stops and it yeah. has another, it almost ends again. Mm-hmm. Yep. With that really. Does it begin really, again? It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you dug it. I did. I liked it a lot. I, and I'm really glad I rewatched it because I, this has, and I won't even say that it's, it's aged really well where I don't, there's very little about this film that says 1993. Uh, part of it's they're on a military base, so fashion. It's not like fashion changed. Meg Ma- yeah. really has a scrunchie. That's really the only '90sness about it. She, and, it's it's dated, but not like it doesn't scream or take you out of right. it. You know, and the, it's practical effects, and they look really good. Where this this is a movie that is, um, in terms of just how does it look now? It's aged really well. It still looks really good, but just yeah. the rest of it. Uh, really played better for me, either at this age or at just, you know, with a little bit of time or, or what, I don't know. And especially interesting for me where I just watched the other two films and would easily say this one stands head and shoulders with the other two. All mm-hmm. three are, and I'm not getting to the Nicole Kidman one yet because I haven't watched it in a long time, but the first this is three, way and I know it's not nearly <laughs> as good, but the first three are all Excellent films in completely different ways from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hooray! Okay, so let's rate this. Exciting. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could. I feel like I could talk about it forever. You can keep going. No, but like I, I'm just gonna keep saying how much I like it. <laughs> I'm just so happy, and it's a shame I, that this is not that accessible. It was. Uh, that's. What 
I almost forgot to say that. Yeah, yeah. it's not anywhere. It's I got it on Netflix. It was it actually worked out perfectly because it's a short wait on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I put it at the top of my queue. And I've told you guys at home before. If you have movies that are long wait, short wait, put them at the top because what happens, like what happened this week, I had this at number one and Maggie at number two. So they sent me both movies because my first one wasn't ready. So they were like, here's Maggie. Tomorrow we'll send you Body Snatchers. Mm -hmm. That worked out for me. But yeah, it's not uh, streaming anywhere and the DVD. I I bought it from – I downloaded it. Well, streamed it through Amazon. Okay. For two bucks, three bucks. bucks. That's something like that. But the DVD has no, no features on it. Uh, it's also out there on like a four-pack DVD with like Wolf and some other random movies. Maybe I should buy that. Uh, I mean, I forget. I feel like there was one other good movie on that pack, but the other two are duds. I can't remember what, exactly what it was. I want a Criterion of this. It's I, you know, there's some movie that, I know that it's not Criterion. I'm being an asshole, but the, somebody needs to release somebody it. Somebody needs to take it. Somebody needs to pick it up. Get get. Uh, you know, what's Meg Tilly doing? Meg Tilly's done nothing. She's not Jennifer Tilly. Get Meg she Tilly to do a commentary. Is she loaded? Is she loaded? Who is she married to? Who did we look and see? She was married to Zach. She wasn't she married to Colin Firth at one point? Maybe they have a kid. Together. They have a kid Maybe together have... from when they did Valmont. All that sweet, sweet Colin Firth money. I mean, hey, he went on to do stuff. Let's see. Uh, now I'm really curious about this. I mean, her sister wins poker all the time. So yeah, because she's loaded. Let's see. Um, she was married to several men. Well, None of if I the... looked like Meg Tilly, I would have been married to several men as well. <laughs> Don Colome, John Kelly, Tim Zinderman. I don't know who any of them are, but uh, yeah. So, well, either way, Meg Tilly, put this movie out on DVD. It's the best thing you've ever done. Right? And really, what is Gabrielle Anwar doing with her time right now? Burn notice. Is that still on? I don't know if it's still on. I don't know. <laughs> I just like to say that she was in Burn Notice because that's what I know her from. But yeah, I mean, this movie really does deserve a good commentary, making of, revisit, whatnot. Yeah, and it's really, it never gets discussed, whereas the first two, especially the second one, and which I get, because I love the 78 version, and I think the 78 version was very um, important as a great example of the start of sci-fi horror and all that stuff, but this really is good, and it deserves more attention and affection than it gets. So mm-hmm. ratings. Quality of film. Quality of film. Um I'll eight. go eight. I said eight too. Yay. Also all of her ex husbands look like they're studio execs or movie well, producers. That's a, good way. that's a good way to be rich as you as you uh have decided she is. <laughs> Get some of those residuals. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, two solid eights. Two solid us. eights. Uh, now, quality of life by film. And by, stuff. Is that how we're saying it? Yeah, sure. We know. Or how life. many? How many um, spaghetti tendrils would you eat for this movie? Um, out of ten. Out of ten. <laughs> I'd eat nine and a half. <laughs> Uh, I would eat eight, eight and a half. Cool. We yeah. eat a lot of spaghetti. A lot for, of spaghetti tendrils because this was really good. And it's quick. It's 90 minutes and it moves and it is really, really worth your time, folks. Really worth it. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's uh, that's everything we got to say about body snatchers. Woo! All right, snatched, snatched, snatched that. We're playing the snatch game. Okay, our own version of the snatch game. Uh, <laughs> okay, why don't we take a break? Come back. Yes. Talk yes. about Maggie. Yeah. Feel that? Oh shit! Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You fucker, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Madness is the gift that has been given to me. I can see inside you. We're back to talk about Maggie. Directed by Henry Henry Hobson and written by... John Scott three, yeah, not John Scott the third, not John Scott I I I, John Scott number three. three, like the number three. Who the fuck are you, John Scott, that you think that you can put a number at the end of your name when nobody else? John does Scott, that shit. yeah, call in and tell us why your name is like. Yeah, that. I'm gonna refer to you as John Scott the third for this point onward. You can deal with call the rest. us on our hotline. Yeah, one eight hundred. Now, JK, it's a 900 number. <laughs> do they still have 900 numbers? I don't know. Do they? I don't know. Do people, still have, do people still make phone calls on a phone? Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Maggie. Maggie. Uh, you picked it, kind of. Oh, I mean, you I... were going to watch it. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, because I thought it was on instant, but it's not on instant. But that's I okay. Was... I love you anyway. Um... Tell me what happens in Maggie. Oh, God. Hold on. I might need to read it from here. A teenage girl in the Midwest becomes infected by an outbreak of a disease that slowly turns the infected into cannibalistic zombies. During her transformation, her loving father stays by her side. Her loving father... Arnold Schwarzenegger. The best thing. Okay, so I'm like... I... You know, it's, again, something else of interest today. We cover a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We cover a movie with Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. They have something in common. Both of them are often cast in a way which, where it's like, isn't anybody going to say anything about the fact that this guy has an Austrian accent and looks like a bodybuilder, even though he's just like a farmer in Iowa? Yeah. Named Wade Arnold Schwarzenegger's name in this movie is Wade. Just let that sink in for a minute. That's his name, Wade. Just like with Forrest Whitaker, it's always that thing where you're like, is there ever a moment where you're like, where it feels weird that he has the Forrest Whitaker eyeball, but nobody ever says anything? I think it's fine. It's usually fine, but every once in a while it feels like it should be a thing and it's not a thing. But anyway. No. Okay. Uh, so I thought you were going to say something really offensive about his race. <laughs> no, no, it was just about his wonky eye. A black man wouldn't be a military <laughs> doctor. Black eye. Eye. You asshole. 
so uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Wade, Wade. Um, his dad and he's a farmer. So one thing I really liked about this movie, it yeah. really understood that the audience knows what, is, what a zombie is and knows how a zombie virus basically works. Okay. So therefore what it does in the very beginning, it's very quickly done on the car radio. We learn a little bit about, you know, the virus has mostly been contained, but there's still quarantines and you still have to burn your crops. So it, as, even though it's pure exposition, it's done in a way that makes perfect sense that we're hearing it this way. Because it's mm-hmm. just saying, like, yep, this – so all those zombie movies, like, this is sort of our take on it. There's – zombieism is in the air, and if you get bit, you will become one, but it's going to take time, and the world's dealing with it, and here's our story. I thought that was very smart. Um, I also thought what was interesting was as soon as we meet – so Maggie is Abigail Breslin, and she's supposed to be, what, like 16, I guess? Mm-hmm. And she comes home. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Wade is her dad. Wade, Wade um, is her dad. It was very immediate to me, and I don't. Even, I think this was before they even said anything, that Jolie Richardson was her stepmother, not her mother. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was very well done, where they didn't force it on you. So that you knew, like, oh, yeah, no, there's not a connection here kind of thing. It was just as soon as I kind of saw the interaction, it was like, oh, that must be her stepmother. And it's very important to the film because, you know, she doesn't, as much as Jolie Richardson, who's kind of terrible in the movie, I think. uh, She just, like, her acting? Her accent. Her accent is, there's a deleted scene on the DVD that I watched that's um, very smartly deleted because it's just her saying, you know, like, I love her like my own daughter, everything else, which you don't need to say because, A, you don't, um, but B, like, it's implied that she would say that kind of thing. Um, but in that, in particular, her her British accent's really, really fighting through the, like, Midwestern-y twang. Yeah, she's trying was to she out. trying to do like that? I think she was trying to do an, she was doing a Rachel Weiss voice of being an American. I didn't, I was a little bit of a twang. What she was trying to do a couple of the times. Yeah, it her it's it's not a good American accent at all. Yeah, uh, but so so there's that, and I think that makes for a good dynamic. Um, it you know also makes that bond between Wade, which I'm just going to keep saying because it's really funny to picture all Schwarzenegger named Wade, Wade. Uh, and Maggie. But essentially, what you have you have a very slow film about this daughter dying basically and the dad trying to do what he can to protect her Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's mostly what you got so uh tell me a little bit of uh what you thought of maggie and some of your observations on maggie well as is our custom when you start talking about something i kind of like go oh well (laughs) but my my first feeling was i absolutely hated it Mm mm-hmm like I couldn't stand it. Okay, what uh, what did you hate about it? What did you just hate watching it? I hated watching it. Mm-hmm. I I don't mind slow movies. It was too slow. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't mind movies with minimal dialogue. It's minimal it dialogue. Just, it was it just fucking it crawled. Um, I guess what really did it for me is the fact that I did not understand this outbreak. 
Really? I didn't understand how loosey-goosey everybody was doing was with it. I didn't understand these quarantines. None of it made sense to me. Hmm. Nothing seemed justified. Why would you send these people that were... I mean, they kind of said that they were infectious. Not just with the, with the attacking, but I think that they were able to communicate that disease. Some, it was communicable in some way. They, I think may, maybe by blood... Because when um, when Maggie does bleed, the mom stepmom does really freak out about it. But but I also wondered if that was sort of supposed to be kind of like like an AIDS sort of uh, metaphor of people who are really afraid of something that that might not actually be dangerous in that way. Maybe, but I viewed it instead of like AIDS, like Ebola. You wouldn't send an Ebola patient home. Why were these people not killed immediately? See, I think, I don't know, because I feel like that was kind of part of, it's, you know, this society where we know you're doomed when it happens, but we don't, let's say, you know, there's no capital punishment, or we're just not in a world where if somebody is sick, I mean, like, think of, like, assisted suicide, for example, Uh which is still technically illegal, right? If if I uh, am diagnosed with, with a disease that is going to kill me... Uh, and I ask my doctor to just put a needle in me and end it now, my doctor would go to jail for murder if he actually did that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's sort of what the movie is, one of the things they're kind of looking at, because they they talk about the quarantine zones and what happens when you go into quarantine, which is you're just put into a room with other people who are at different stages. Uh, Everybody is dying, and they might even start biting you and it's miserable that also doesn't make sense though right like why didn't they just put them in a big gas chamber why didn't they use the cattle shooty thingies because i think that's almost part of it is that they're saying that um it's so uh like that's one of those prob like that doesn't make sense that even though we know these people are going to die uh you know, oh, we know, but we wouldn't actually just execute them because that's murder. But really letting them kind of die is far worse. Because uh, even like the doctor, his doctor friend who brings him what they eventually give to them, which is not a, it's like a syringe uh, with a poison that doesn't kill them. It's just for when they get to the very end, I think it's something that, like, makes sure they doesn't they don't come back or something. And he says, it's really painful. You're better off just shooting her in the head. I, I guess there's, like, this commentary in this movie that I just didn't get. <laughs> because I guess I wanted it to make more sense. Because don't present me with a zombie movie and then not have it make any sense. That's fair. I get that you're, you're bringing up all these amazing points. These really, really poignant things, but I shouldn't need you to tell me why I liked this movie. The movie should have told me. Oh, no, that's fair. I, I'm i kind of on... I'm very much in the middle on this, because I appreciate... You, you fucking... You should be this movie's champion, though, because <laughs> you're fucking making some compelling and interesting points. I, I think that it uh, put some things out there that were interesting, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's it's well acted. I think ev- aside from Jolie Richardson, who I really think is not very good in it, yeah. Uh, I I think everybody else is pretty good. Um, I kind of like the scope of it. I like the it being set sort of in the Midwest. I think was a neat touch. 
Yeah. I like the – there's a, certain things like the, the teenage dialogue, surprisingly. I like that. She has a sort of boyfriend, a friend, and they're – you know, they're both sick. They both have it. And so I liked their conversations because it was very – it felt very much like these are 16-year-old kids, but they're dying. And I think there was something really poignant about that. Uh what I really had a problem with with the movie was, and it's an odd thing to say because this is a very, it's a very serious movie. It's a very heavy movie. It's, it's I about. I can't wait to hear. Well, it's odd to say, but I really like, about halfway through, I'm like, you know what this movie's missing? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so heavy, but it's not, I mean, this isn't come and see or Schindler's List. Like, it's not so heavy that it can totally justify being this heavy. There's nothing, there's no levity in a way that's like, there's no charm to it, I guess. Like, it's just, it's missing something fun, which is a weird thing to say. And it doesn't fully make sense when I'm talking about this kind of, you know, sad movie that's about, you know, father-daughter and Mm -hmm. maybe all this other stuff about American politics and stuff. But really, like, there's just, I don't know, like, I want to smile at something in this movie, and I don't. I feel like at one point they felt like they they knew that because they tried to have a moment of, like, lightheartedness and like goofy laughter at the table but like i was already done at that yeah point. I, I know what the part you mean where they sort yeah. of are kind of like laughing at how bad julie richardson cooks yeah that should have happened maybe at a different time yeah and the one thing that really bothered me was uh, do we ever find out how she got bitten uh, is, is that the, what she has flashes of? I don't know because the very opening, it's like her I, that's running away to the part, city. That was confusing. To yeah, because I didn't know it was that supposed to be like she ran off to the city and got bitten, or was it I supposed so. to be her, she ran there after she knew she was infected and she was trying to get away and spare everybody from everything? I thought that's where she got bitten. I don't know because there's the, he's listening to that voice message where she's like, "There's a curfew here. Don't worry about me or something." Right, right. So like that was just something that kind of kind of bugged me because it 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 could have explained something and either given me more sympathy for her or less, and maybe that's why they don't actually go through it. Because if it was her and her stupid friends went out and partied and she you know ran into a zombie on the street. It's really, you know, it's something that's kind of makes her a little shitty of a person when you know this is a big deal. Um, Because she, it's Abigail Breslin who um, survived Zombieland to go on and not survive this one. Spoiler alert, but I mean, you know she's a zombie. It happens. I I did, I was okay with that, I guess. I don't know. There was just something really, I'm going to say mean things. Like it felt very like first drafty to me. It felt very... It was like missing something. Film schooly to me. Oh, I'm such this, a cunt. You know, oh, uh, John Scott the Third or J. Scott the uh, Third. I think this was one of those quote unquote blacklist scripts where it was the script was out there for a while and it was on that list of like the best screenplay is not getting made. Yeah, and I could see where somebody would read the screenplay and be like, oh, "This is a great idea. Take a." I think it is. Yeah, because it's we all. I mean, like, there's a reason why zombies are 
are what they are. They're fascinating. We love thinking of a world with zombies and all that. And it really does, because there have not been many movies or many... You have a lot of moments within a lot of shows and movies where they spend a little time on the what happens after you know that you're going to be a zombie and yeah. what is that like? And like land of the dead actually is one of my favorites with that. When, when uh, one character is like, I, I want to know how the other half lives. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. you know, some, like there's a part of me that thinks if, you know, if, if zombie bit me, I might be like, well, you know, I mean, I don't know how bad can it be? I don't, maybe it's not that bad. Let me try it out. I don't know. And I, I did like, and I, again, I could see why, producers and everybody else would look at this like oh yeah the idea of the zombie virus as a as a slow eating virus and the heaviness of i'm 16 years old and i'm going to die in two weeks three weeks a month uh and and that to me was effective and was heavy and sad and all of that where you know she once she kind of comes home, she's reasonable about it. She's not taking risks. She's not putting other people at risk. Uh, and it's just, you know, if I if you were 16, like, well, it's, you'd probably read a little bit. You'd maybe spend time with your friends. Maybe you'd want to avoid your friends. I thought the makeup, I really liked what they did with it. The slow oh, I liked turning. that too. Yeah, I think was yeah. just done really well. The director seems to be an effects guy, or he has effects credits. Okay, that no, makes sense. he doesn't. I just got my hand title designer. Okay, I just oh. got a hand shaking at me. Oh no, he! All I saw that he did was he directed Sequence a couple title of title like, designer. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I don't remember the title design in this movie either. Huh? But he the. Directed- the 84th Annual Academy Awards. <laughs> yes, that's what I saw him from. Uh, so it's an interesting... Oh, just a title sequence for it. Sorry! <laughs> no, wait. I think it says original adapted screenplay segments. Oh, so it was probably like when... Um... Hey, fine. Emily, I'm being told I'm wrong, no matter what. <laughs> it, are we arguing whether he did the titles no, or whether he directed the just title, a title sequence. sequence this is this is good this is good radio good good uh good internet radio indeed so but um, it's his first film is what we're going to conclude right there we go christine's shutting up <laughs> <laughs> well whoever did the makeup this movie uh kudos to you good sir or madam kudos to you indeed now i'm trying to find the full cast so i can actually give those kudos uh, the makeup effects were done by, oh, there's like 25 people on here. And I don't recognize any of the names. None of them were on Face Off and none of them are V-Nail. So I don't know who they are, but good work all around, folks. You're the real champions of this film. Uh, what did you think of casting Arnold Schwarzenegger? <sighs> I thought it was gimmicky. I mean, he's good in it. Yeah, I guess he's okay. He tried to act a couple times. It was he, admirable. I think he acted the the whole time. Well, I mean, he's it's no kindergarten cop, but it's true. But what? Well, he. I mean, he tried to. You could tell he tried to like do things or be in the moment or react to the mm-hmm. situation as opposed to just saying lines. But the script. W- I really. Why am I being such a bitch about this movie? Because the guy has a three after his name. That's why the, the script and the there was aspects of the script that was so boy, boy. 
like them out by the truck, everything with the truck, them out by the truck when he's fixing the truck and explaining why he likes the truck and talking about the mother. My eyes nearly rolled out of my head. You know, a good question I think about this movie. Who was this movie made for? Who is the audience for this film? I don't know. I thought it was me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Just in general, because it's, it's not... I mean, this had to have been sold as a horror film, because it's a zombie movie. That's what you it's do. A movie, but, but it's I really want, not. I want a family drama during a zombie outbreak. Give me that movie, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't work for you on that level. No. And why, I, why not, do you think? Because it wasn't interesting. It didn't tell an interesting story. It was It was confusing when it shouldn't have been. It was... It, I get that it was trying to make... Because of you. I get that it was trying to have commentary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, the commentary juxtaposed against the actual zombie movie that it was, for me, didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That's fair. You have, there's like a little bit hinting about kind of some of what the public thinks. You have the one cop who, my note is, dick cop is a little too dickish. Yeah. Because you have, so you have the two sheriffs and the one is very sympathetic and the other guy's just like, we're going to kill her. We're going to shoot her in the head. Bring her down. We'll shoot her in the head. And that's all he's there to do. There were, there were two extremes. Yeah. It was- yeah. And it's a little bit like there, because it would have been very easy to just have a scene where they go into town and when she goes to the general store the storekeeper sees her wonky eye wonky first with her eye and is like you know freaks out and says get out like there's other ways they could have established the people don't like zombies thing yes uh without kind of going a little too far with it i guess if i i like that movie the movie that you just started to describe the movie where like there's a discrimination against mm-hmm. These people that then become second class, third class citizens. Like, I like that movie. But but this just, this paints a picture of, like, they will inevitably, in a relatively short amount of time, start trying to eat you. And we are all aware of this. Mm -hmm. Yet we allow them to go home and do not police when they bring them back properly. Well, it seems like they're not supposed to. Oh, right, because Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of gets a buy because he's really good friends with the one doctor who's like, who says he's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't tell them how how far off, how far gone she is. But the same thing happens with the little girl, the neighbor girl. No, but that was because the woman fucked up and wouldn't. The that, that they say it's that the mother uh, wasn't didn't report it or wasn't bringing them in. I got the impression that they set because she goes on that whole the speech about when they sent her home with all the instructions of how to take care of her. Right. They 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 weren't referring to her name, so they sent the little girl home with instructions to take care of her wearing gloves. Right, right. Yeah, Why you're right. And then that? that's Why how the dad ended up this? getting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it just seems like a, an inherently flawed system. But I like what you're saying about like humane killing, right? But humane in like, a way where it's it's ultimately not. Well, humane. I really love that because there's this woman on Twitter who writes these. That she she actually has like a, like she cremates and embalms people for a living. I can't remember then. She's a person with a thing that, that does the, <laughs> deals with cream, the dead people. Crema, crema, mortar. 
Yeah, those people, you know, like in My Girl. But she <laughs> was thinking these, the same thing. You know, she's Jamie Lee Curtis. She writes these beautiful articles about about why we keep loved ones alive and what the end really means. And like, I'm totally pro like this idea. That's a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Ugh. I don't know. Apparently, I have a lot of emotions about this movie. No, because I, I think it's trying to do two. It's trying to do that, and it's also trying to just be about this dad really loves his daughter. Well, I also like that. Yeah, but it's and to me, like the flaw of it, it's not in the, it's not in those things because those things both worked for me. For mm-hmm. me, it's that it's just not a, a fun movie to like. I had to pause it a few times just for I don't know, like. Um, feeding the cats or like getting up to use the bathroom and i was never like excited to sit back down and press play yeah Uh, and i watched it in one sitting i wonder if it would have been better or worse to have watched it in two halves i watched it straight through i don't think we paused it maybe Mm -hmm. we paused it once so i could pee i think that's it yeah like it doesn't it it has a really good premise and it has Mm -hmm. a couple of things that are really interesting about it but mm-hmm. it's just lacking a spark for me to make it all work and i don't it's not arnold schwarzenegger i think he's no he's not at all i mean like watching it i was as soon as i said his name was wade i started i'm like that, that's a part for kevin costner or like bruce greenwood like i could yeah. think of so many male actors of that age that would have been better suited for that part mm-hmm. uh in in a way though the more i think of it maybe it was more interesting because it was arnold schwarzenegger with somebody else i think it just would have been really boring because with him at least you're always kind of like there's that weirdness of it being Arnold schwarzenegger i guess is yeah. this the first arnold movie that we've covered possibly that's weird that's crazy that is weird but yeah for me that's it it's it just needed something mm-hmm. and i don't know what but i don't know what either and but i can't decide happen. like what do i want to see more do i want to see more from the director do i want to see more from the writer i don't know but it just doesn't fully work for me mm-hmm. i just like i'm never going to want to watch this again yeah um but i think it was an okay movie it just wasn't as special as i wanted it to be i guess yeah mm-hmm. i can agree with that mm-hmm. yeah do you have yeah. uh, any more on it i don't think so i think i was offensive enough about this movie <laughs> i feel like if somebody likes this movie i just was such an asshole about it no i mean i'd be I would very much like people to tell us what they thought of it. Yeah. And I feel like it made its rounds. It was on instant, wasn't it? I'm not crazy. Mm, I, it was on I don't know about that. Uh, it's not now, but I know a lot of people were watching it just probably because it's, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in a zombie movie. And what's really yeah. funny is if you go to IMDb, which, um, I mean, in general, one should always uh, do best to avoid the message boards of IMDb. But I actually poked around there because I was curious if anybody else knew how she got bit by a zombie. Uh, and I'm trying, oh man, it's not on the front page now. But the, like, a bunch of, like, the headings of all the threads on IMDb was just like, um, 
stupidest movie ever. This is not what a horror movie should be. Not well, it a horror. Doesn't have to be a horror movie. Yeah, and that, well, that, that's the thing is, like to me, I always go back to when I try to explain how I feel about modern zombie films. I always use the example of Dead Girl because Dead Girl uh, is on paper sounds like it's going to be terrible. It is mm-hmm. teenager teenage boys find a zombified hot chick and have sex with her. Yep. And it just sounds like oh this is going to be the worst thing ever, but it's I think it's so good because it takes the it just takes the concept of a zombie and does and uses it to tell a totally different interesting dark story about Mm -hmm. teenage boys and sexuality and all this other stuff that it's exploring and it just happens to do it via the idea of a zombie and it's like that's to me what in this day and age when you have had literally thousands of zombie films the only reason to do it again is if you're gonna use use it for to tell an interesting story or to explore something yes and yep. this kind of seems like it's gonna do that but it it and it sort of does we haven't quite seen this story before given this amount of time uh like we haven't seen a hour 40 minute exploration of what it's like when your daughter is going to turn into a zombie no i want that give me all of that yeah give me that but give it to me in a more interesting way i guess yeah 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 all right so what do you want to rate this baby quality oh of boy film. quality of film 6.5 i was gonna oh, damn you i was gonna say 6.5 yeah, I mean, well, that that's what it is. That's yeah. what... <laughs> it's, it's a little bit better than that. It's an average film, but it's, all, you know, it's on the better side of average. It looked good. Yeah, it looked really good. The look was good. The makeup was fantastic. Um, quality of life and stuff by film? Um... For me, I'm going to go... I'd probably go 5.75. 4.5. Well done. <laughs> I took a stand. Yeah, I mean, I'm not watching this again. I don't regret watching it. Uh, I think it's one that's... The importance of it for me is that I think it's going to be an interesting one to reference. Because yes. I feel like I'll be able to be like, oh, you know, just like in Maggie. Like, when yeah. talking about what works about a film, like, I think it's a good reference point of film. So for that is where I think it's valuable to me. Okay, so that was Maggie. Yeah. Now, on Netflix, there are movies. Woo, I didn't have one, but I got one. But you got one. What you got? For me, because of the watching stuff. Okay. Already planned out. But I did. I went and looked to see if anything had shown up or Mm -hmm. anything I could recommend. There seems to be a little film on Instant now called The Lazarus Effect. I thought you hated this movie. I hate it. Everyone should watch it. <laughs> now you're like me. They should watch it after they watch The Secret Village. But watch it and think like, is this an X-Men movie? Hmm. Because I feel like they wrote, this is a movie about the X-Men. <laughs> but I mean, what's-her-face is in it, and what's-his-face is in it. And... Uh, oh yeah, them. You know them, right? No, it's I don't. Duplass and Olivia, is it Wilde? Yeah, Olivia Wilde. Really? Mark Duplass. I didn't know that. That's why I went and saw this in the theater. That's right. Because it's an Olivia Wilde, Mark Duplass 
horror movie. I think it was produced by Blumhouse, too. Oh, man. So I was like, yep, they made a movie for me, finally. <laughs> and then <it laughs> oh, and they did. Just not quite. Not quite. Interesting. Okay, maybe I will actually check it out. Well, it's on there, so now you okay. know. Um, my Netflix recommend, also in kind of going with the October, other people are watching a lot of horror movies so i'm like eh, what's good in horror that i haven't talked about that's on there um oh god oh, look at that that's a good one a little movie from maybe three four years ago called the shrine <gasps> i still haven't seen it oh you haven't. i know that you like it no I it's really like good it. yeah it's um it's just really good it's directed by the guys that did jack brooks monster hunter monster slayer which is really fun and this Mm -hmm. is a totally different film because it's it is a straight horror film it is not a tongue-in-cheek one like the other one uh it's just it's good it's just it's different um it is not a story that you've seen told a thousand times Mm -hmm. and i found it very effective so yeah i didn't realize it was still on here yeah it's there uh and now our next episode yes it's pretty exciting yeah yeah so i just no i don't buy many movies just because you know i don't i only have so much space and everything's on instant watch now Mm -hmm. uh but when criterion puts out david cronenberg's the brood i'm gonna buy david cronenberg she's gonna buy it so i did and I was like, hey, Christine, I'd really like to watch this movie again and talk about it. And you were like, yeah, true story, guys. Totally true story. I mean, it wasn't written by J. Scott 3 or anything, but still pretty good story. Uh, so we're going to cover David Cronenberg's The Brood. Yep. It'll be our second. It'll be our third Cronenberg film. Yeah, I guess. But our second David Cronenberg film. See what I did there. Yep, yeah, very cute. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and then um, in trying to figure out what to pair it with, I'm like, hey, what's another good movie about um, that happens to involve a little blonde girl that kills things? And then I learned that Christine had never seen The Bad Seed. Nope, I haven't. Yeah, 1950s The Bad Seed, I think. 50-something, yeah. Oh, I looked it up. Very early 50, 50s. 52, maybe? I'm not sure. I already shut the window. <laughs> Oh, like, oh, to the window of your computer. Like, yeah, yeah. you open it up and shout out to passer, passers-by, hey, dude on street, when year did the bad seed come out? Look, I already shut my window. <laughs> no, no, more, uh, no more pedestrian answers tonight. No more phone a yep. friend on the street tonight. Nope. Can't find out for you. Yeah. So we're going to do, uh, again, um, we don't know if it'll still be October or not, but it will be an October-ish thing. The bad seed and the brood. Which I think is a really exciting combination. I'm excited for it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so remember, folks, if you'd like to reach us and discuss why you loved Maggie or why you agree with us that Body Snatchers is really good, uh, Facebook. Facebook. The, Fem- the Feminine Critique on Facebook. Uh, yep. Or Twitter, at Feminine Podcast. Yes. Yes, that, 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 is, that is it. Um, we don't know the password to our email, so don't email us. That's a that's a separate thing we've got to deal with. That's a true story. That is folks. a true story, guys. Also not written by J. Scott 3, but still a true story. I made a password that we would both remember and then I forgot it. No, no, no. It wasn't that you forgot it. You had to reset it because the account got hacked. Oh. And then you forgot that one. 
Well, I remember the first password. I don't remember the second password. Either way, I forget. So that's a a story for another time, kids. We'll let you know how that one resolves itself eventually. But uh, come, find us there. And in the meantime, if a zombie bites you, just probably just cut your arm off or shoot yourself in the head. I mean, don't... I don't know. Go home, hang out for a while, bite your friends and loved ones. Bite your friends and loved ones. Um, Body snatch some people. It's cool. Uh, take as many people down with you as possible. Take well. as many. Spaghetti, shoot out your spaghetti tentacles, and, and if you can't beat them, spaghetti tentacle them. That's what I always say. All right. Good, good night and happy Halloween if we don't happy Halloween you before then. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. Yeah. All right. Later, folks.